Hi, my name is John Katsavos and welcome to the Fitness Oracle. Before we get into today's episode, I want to tell you about the secret of how to drop 10 to 15 pounds and keep it off with complete ease. I've created a free three-part video series for you that explains what the three biggest mistakes people make when they're working out and limits them to the results that they're going after. I am also going to help you get all the details about how you can immediately sign up to the 21 day caveman challenge, which is a do it for you workout program. This has been developed by me for over 11 years of my experience as a professional personal trainer. So go ahead, put in your name and your primary email address, click the link in the show notes below right now, and we'll see you on the inside. Welcome to the Fitness Oracle, where we have real conversations with real people just like you, with real stories just like yours. And this is one of their stories. I am your host, John Katsapos. And my guest today is Gloria Goldberg, the host of the podcast Unbreakable Life with Gloria, with Glory, excuse me, where she talks about depression, anxiety, PTSD and is based around her life story. And she is also the co-host of Hot Topics Live, which yours truly was on a few months ago. She is a successful entrepreneur, philanthropist, certified yoga teacher, Reiki master, jeweler, advanced open water diver, massage therapist, and quality control inspector, and food safety auditor in the produce industry and professional. And obviously, she's a professional podcaster. Gloria, welcome to the show. Hi, Joan. How are you? Thank you for inviting me to your show tonight. I'm so happy and and honored to be here tonight. Uh, I'm doing great. I'm a little sunburnt from my four-hour walk today, but uh, I'm doing great. Well, that's good to have some you know sunburn. At least you're not cold because when you when you when you go in and when the Canada is too cold, I, I can see all the clothes that you have to wear just to go out for like a walk. Oh yeah, it's a lot. It's La- a lot. It's three, four layers sometimes. Oh my god, I don't I don't know if I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much I can do it for much longer, anyways. <laughs> Uh, how's Costa Rica? Well, Costa Rica is fantastic. This is a magic place. This is a place for a lot of transformation. And if you like the the mountains, uh, the ocean, the adventure, the animals, the wild, this is the place for you. But I love it. I have my heart here. And if you ask me, do you prefer Florida than here? I would say Costa Rica. Not, not, not even a doubt of, of that. It's interesting because I was watching your latest, I think it might have been the latest uh, Hot Topics Live that you had with Kia Baker, who was also on my show uh, and my podcasting coach. Um, you had a very interesting transition 
at the very beginning. What was like? What was it like then? And how are you now? Well, when I moved to Costa Rica, I moved to Costa Rica because I number one, I didn't have that in, in my in my mind. And why? Because I was not having that in my mind. I talked about this with Kia one year ago that I said one of my dreams is come to Costa Rica, right? But we but it was not like a intentional that I was gonna move someday or some month. So in February, I had a very big emotional problem in my house. And I had a lot of problems with my partner, my, with my husband. And then on February 13, one day before Valentine's Day, I said, I can't take it anymore. I can't take it anymore. I need my space. I need to my, my time alone. And I don't know what I'm going to do. And one night I was so desperate, even crying a lot. I went to to see some videos in, in YouTube and I saw this this video saying, I can help you to move to Costa Rica. And that night, I, I think it was like at 12 a.m., I said, I'm moving to Costa Rica. And then I sent the email to this lady and then she said, we, we got in a meeting. And then I said, yes, I'm ready. I'm moving to Costa Rica. So it was a decision overnight. And I didn't know, I don't even know, I didn't know Costa Rica. It was just Costa Rica was a place that I never knew about it. And I just moved here. And in the moment I moved here and I went to the jungle and opened the door of the place I stayed, I said, oh my God, this is my place. And the very next day I was so excited to be there. I didn't miss anything, anything about anything. And then when you're like, when you come to a new places, you're so excited, right? And then two weeks into the transition, you start feeling homesick because you, you like, you miss a lot of stuff. And then I said to myself, but I come here for transformation. I come here to, to be better because I come here because a lot of, I have a lot of issues with, with anxiety and depression. And I, I said, I, I, I come here to transform that. And then my life became a roller coaster. I have like a days and nights that my, my tear was rolling down like crazy, like rolling down. Like I even say to my mom, I don't know why I'm gonna cry. And I start crying about themselves. And I think it was like a, a lot of emotionals are what's coming from me that I was far away from home that I have this problem with my husband, that I was maybe uh, separating from him and towards to divorce and was thinking about, oh my God, I'm gonna be alone. Or it, it was so many, many stuff uh, around that. And, and then I, I, I got like a, the ego dead. And I remember that night I called, I called Kia at night, like it was 11 p.m. And I said, crying, Kia, I can't take it anymore. We have a conversation, long conversation. And she said to me that night, oh my God, Gloria, you have an ego dead. And then I remember crying a lot, but, but it was a lot that night. And the next day I said, I'm done. I think I heal already. And then I start feeling better. I see my face different. 
I see everything start changing. My 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 soul start feeling more more tranquil. And I said, "Wow, all this happening!" But before that, I was doing hoponopono. I don't know if you know that. Hoponopono is a Hawaiian technique that you do in meditation, and you offer like your soul and your energy to the universe to help you to move on with your emotions as everything was going out with you. And like everything I said, I'm always in alignment with the universe. And a lady called me and say, Gloria, I have somebody for your show, for the bilingual show of the Gloria. Because when I create the bilingual show of the Gloria, I created not thinking about, oh, this is gonna be a show to give me a stress to finding guests. No, I said, this is gonna be the show that the guests are gonna to come to me. And I've been doing that. And since, since I said that, all the guests come to me. So one day I, like maybe 10 days into, into, into Costa Rica, a lady called me and said, Gloria, I have somebody for you that she wants to be in your show. And that time, you know that this happens to all the podcasters really? They want to be in my show? Wow. Like, I, you know, sometimes you get this doubt, like why this person wants to be in my show? And I said, really? And she said, yeah. And you know what? She's very famous. She's in, she's from Spain and she knows, and she's a master doing Ho'oponopono. And a lot of people follow her and she wants to be in your show. I said, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. Yes, let's do it. So I met the lady before the show a little bit because I don't like to talk uh, too much with my, my guest. And when I started doing the show, it was a click with her. Like I know her forever and she know me forever. And the conversation between me and her, it was so connected and feel like we know forever. And then by the end of the show, we finished the show and she said to me, Gloria, you know what? I cannot know you in, in, in from another place, from another life. And I'm here to help you. And I want you to do this, 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 this technique. And I was so desperate, you know, I'm in the process of healing and you are in the process of healing, you're open to learn anything, to, to, to ease your, your pain that you have. And I said, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to do it. And then she said, are you sure? I said, yes. And she she got me, she told me what to do. And since she told me that, I've been doing that. And oponopono is very easy. It's, it's, it's only four words when you are in a situation very bad. You have, you have to say, I'm sorry, please forgive me. I love you and thank you. So every time when you feel like so stressed or, or you cannot clarification of your life and you're going to rough emotions, you just have to say those four words. And, and also you can say divine presence. I want you to help me to move this emotion, this negative emotion to transform in a positive emotion. So I was doing that already for like two weeks in a row. And a lot of people see transformation from me like big time. And I also feel it. And I also feel that the anger, the hate, the fear that I had before, is I don't feel I don't feel it and I try to to recall that emotion to bring it to me 
I don't feel it. And I said, wow, I can't believe this is gone. And when those things gone from your body, your, your, your skin, your hair, your body, everything transform. And then I feel so great. I feel so more, much happier. And, and things when my husband was like a miracle, it, a miracle happened. And, and I couldn't believe everything what he said to me. Things that I wanted for a long, for a long 14 years for him to tell me. And he told me like not too long ago. And for me it was like, what? I can't believe this. And the lady said to me, hey, Gloria, I, want, I, I think you need to work with Ho'oponopono and help people with the Ho'oponopono. And I said, let's see what the, what the universe is gonna put me to do. And I don't want to leave. I don't want to leave to the States. I, I don't want to go back to the States. I completely am blown away by what you just said because I'm, uh... I myself am actually in uh, a weird space in my head where I don't feel like I'm at home yet. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know if my listeners know, but I am, I am planning on leaving Canada and Toronto because this is not, uh, I've been born and raised here. It just, I just, this doesn't feel like home. It, it's, uh, I know you know, because we've, we've talked before. And um, that's why I, that's why I wanted to ask you how is the transition because I'm very close on making that transition myself. You should make it come to Costa Rica, just it's like not, that. It's Don't not think... Costa Rica. <laughs> I know where you want to go. Uh, Greece, but I'm waiting for something to happen in Greece before I do. Um, but is it related to someone or or because the decision you need to make the decision for you, not for somebody else it's not based off of someone it's based off of something and okay. i'm just going to i'm going to wait for it to play out and it's only a couple months but do you think that also being in a jungle because the jungle is a very powerful energetic place do you think that that's something like that could amplify it and how is it living in a jungle oh my god this is so amazing it's like you know, it's like when you go into the jungle, you feel so vulnerable and, and you see the beauty of the animals that live there. And then you start like recognizing that you have to be very respectful with that environment. And before I, I wake up like a 9 a.m., 10 a.m. Now I'm waking up at 4.30 a.m. And I don't, and it's like boom, and I, and the first thing I hear are the monkeys, the the toucans, the birds, and you don't wanna you don't wanna sleep because you just don't wanna you don't, you don't want to lose that opportunity to hear all that, and then you go to this place you need to deal with a lot of mosquitoes, uh, the roads are not paved, and the supermarkets are are clean and and good enough, but in my case, because I only can talk about my case, in my case, to me, a fancy, a fancy restaurant or a fancy supermarket or a fancy road doesn't do anything to me because I have that all my life and doesn't give me anything. But this transition to the jungle is like so powerful that is like, 
I just don't, I just don't want to go back to the state and the silence. I love the silence. A lot of people fear about the silence and people feel a fear about to be alone. And that is my process right now because my mom already uh, went back to Colombia today. So today is the first day official that I'm by myself alone. So this is going to be more another huge transformation because I have to go back to the jungle. It's going to be three hours in a car by myself that I never did in my life. And then I have to go back to my place and I'm going to be alone, waking up alone and going to sleep alone. So it's going to be a lot of time for me to write my book and, and have a lot of inspiration. But the jungle is powerful. It's powerful. If you really want to transform, you need to go to, a, to nature because nature will help you to rapidly transform whatever you, you need to transform. And in my case, I cry maybe 15 days, crying and crying and crying. And also Kia told me this. Remember Gloria, when you was kidnapped, that you said when you was 11 days already kidnapped, you was crying for 11 days and then you stopped crying and then you said, well, I need to adjust of the situation to, for me to survive. So it took me 15 days crying. Even my mom called me the crier because I was crying for everything and I, and, and I was processing and, and I'm so happy. It's like, I see my husband now, I see him totally different the way I see him before. And I see different, I see people completely different because I said, I, I don't wanna judge anymore. I don't wanna criticize anymore. I don't wanna do a lot of stuff that I do before because I just wanna be focused on me because my transformation is gonna be so powerful if I, if I can move and eradicate the depression and the anxiety, the anxiety that I don't need because we need anxiety. We need anxiety to when we create new businesses, when we're gonna travel, when we're going for new things, you need that. You need to have anxiety because you're something new, but you can, you don't need to have the anxiety for everything. And that was happening to me. Now it's like, I feel super powerful right now. And I'm so happy. Like, I, I, I feel like, wow, I, why didn't did this before? You, maybe you just weren't ready yet. Ready yet. Yes, because everything, it was in alignment. They moved to Costa Rica. Here to, to open a, a bank account in Costa Rica is very hard. And I start my process of being here. Boom, they open the account like nothing, like, like, like I'm from here. And even the lawyer said to me, oh my God, Gloria, this is unbelievable. This doesn't happen often. So it means I need to be here. <laughs> yeah, um, I even actually saw it. I saw the happiness in you. Uh, I was, I think I must have watched it on Facebook. Uh, when I was doing my research, uh, the monkey video that you had on Facebook was just like, I'm like, wow, that's, that's happy. That to me is happy. And I'm like, I couldn't be so happy for you. Um, let's dive in a little bit here with a couple things that you actually said. 
Uh, let's talk a little bit more about uh, depression. I don't want to put too much of a downward spiral on this. And just let's just you know try to keep it like up because of course, right? So like there are many triggers to de- to depression. Um, how can people control these feelings of depression when they come? How do you how do you deal with it specifically? Okay, number one, you have to recognize them. And how you recognize them, you have to know where your sadness is coming from, where your trauma is coming from. If your trauma is coming from the childhood or or trauma coming in your your teenager's years, or it's a trauma that it just recently happened because everything is is depends in the time and the age you have. So when you recognize that, you have to go and, and dive on it and, and forgive and forgive yourself to be to for you to be hurt in that moment and also forget of the people that hurt you. That's the main one. Because a lot of people don't want to forgive people that hurt us. And it's natural and it's normal. But you have to do that. For you to be able to heal, if you don't do that, it's going to be so hard for you to heal. And when you do this, you don't do this for the older people. You do it for you to be transformed, to be, to let it go. And we, we talk about a lot to let it go. And people say, yeah, yeah, I forgive him. But it's not that simple because you really, really need to forget that person. And the way you know that you forget the person who hurt you is when you think about that person and you don't have no negative emotions about that person. Because when somebody hurt you and you have feelings towards, negative feelings towards that person, you, you kind of tend to, to hate that person or say, I don't like that person because that person hurt me. And that person was a bad person because that person did that to me. But also that person is also your master of, of what he did to you. Because we are, in, we are in life to walk some paths are, some paths are very rough and some paths are very easy. Some lives are so easy and others are rough. So you need to be aware, you need to be aware and adjust to that. And in my case, I forgive my father, number one, because I have uh, issues from my childhood. I have a very violent uh, childhood. I see a lot of violent. So I forgive my father. And I remember it took me a long time to do that, but I wasn't so desperate, desperation to heal that I said, it's done. I need to forgive my father from 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 the root. And I did. So every time I talk to my father, I don't I hear him different, not like the way before. And then the other big trauma that I have was my kidnapped. I actually uh, forgive my kidnappers being kidnapped because I didn't have another choice. Because if I don't forgive my kidnappers being kidnapped, I probably now will be alive. And when you forgive your enemy, and when your enemy is in front of you, and you forgive your enemy, you break them with kindness. And that's why I'm alive, because I break the kidnappers with kindness, because I was, I forgive you. Not I told them, oh, I forgive you kidnappers because you kidnapped me. No, but I was kind. Thank you for the food. Thank you for the water. 
Thank you to take me out for the shower that I needed. Thank you for the toilet paper because I, I went for 11 days without toilet paper. So thank you for all the small things that we, we have it for granted. So I, I, I told them, thank you, thank you for everything. And by the end of my kidnap, the kidnappers loved me. I'm not saying they love me like the love of the romantic, no. But they love me because they care about me. And how they care about me, they don't, they don't punch me. They don't, they don't say any bad things to me. Um, there was one guy there that was protecting me from the other guys. So I, it was like a miracle after miracle after miracle being in a situation very tremendous, but I didn't know that I was doing a miracle. I didn't know it was miracles in there happening. And then after I, I get out from the kidnap is when I, I, I realize, wow, I was so blessed being there because I learned a lot. I learned to forgive my enemies. So moving forward, for me, it's so hard to, to forgive people when people hurt me because people hurt you in conscious and because they probably have a bad day or because the way they raise them or sometimes you say things, you trigger them to answer you the way. So we are in constantly learning with each other the point is people don't know. I cannot say that people don't want. Of course, a lot of people, maybe mostly people wants to heal that part. But people, people sometimes don't know how to do it. And just is about love and forgiveness. But the real forgiveness that when you see your enemy, you just see just love. I think that's the hardest part of any form of forgiveness is, um, I think even Jesus said, love thy enemy. Um, and for most people, myself, I'm speaking for myself as well. Like there's people I still, I still have not fully forgiven for what they've done to me. And it's led, led me to where I am today, which is selfish. Um, and it's quite interesting that you, you used uh, the, the kidnapping. Most people right now feel like they are you know, prisoners in their own houses, especially here in Toronto. Um, we have lockdowns here. We, they dangle a carrot in front of us and then they just lock us down again. How do you, what tools do you use right now that will help, that helps you uh, stop from falling into like depression from stuff like that? For example, right now that a lot of people going to a lot of isolation, like I, I did, isolation. This is the free time for you. This is the free time for each person to heal and to be better. And when you heal, then you became cre creative. And then when you became creative, then you resolve a lot of problems that was around you. All this is happening all together, all to us, to learn something. So when I was, I'm going to compare this. When I was kidnapped, I was enclosed in the dark. I didn't have no choice. In this case of the, in the pandemic, a lot of people are in their houses closed. And what, are you have to do, what you have to do is just write 
and forgive and do exercise and exercise your mind and go deep down. What is exactly this is teaching you? Because this is teaching us something. And it's teaching you something different and everybody is different because every bad, every, every person, I'm sorry, is going through different paths. So you cannot compare your path with the person, the neighbor, or the other person in the other country because everybody have issues and everybody have to resolve those issues in order to transcend, in order to be happy, in order to feel better. So if you have, if you're in, in close and you have in these lockdowns, use this time to be creator because everybody born with some mission, everybody born with something to do to live to this world. And people get stuck in there. And like people say, oh my God, I'm getting crazy. I cannot go anywhere. Okay, if you cannot go anywhere, read, study, study about yourself. Because let me tell you, I've been studying by myself for a long time and I still don't know myself at all because it's a process and this process is not gonna finish. This process is gonna finish the day you die and whatever and, and, and everything is gonna be in an alignment when you just start like knowing yourself and going back to the depression when you feel those negative thoughts because depression is you living in the past. There's something they did to you in the past. So that's depression. And anxiety is the future. When you are in the future, you're, what's gonna happen tomorrow? You know, people in lockdown, oh my God, what's gonna happen tomorrow? What's gonna happen? That's his anxiety. And so people are having depression and anxiety at the same time, because a lot of people, maybe they are having issues from the past and they have depression already from the past. And now they have anxiety because they don't know what's going to happen in the future. So the best thing to do right now is to be in the present. And what is the most important thing in the present? And I'm going to tell you what, what it is. When I was kidnapped, I was in the present. What is the, the most important thing is? You have a roof, you have water, you have, you have food, and you ha if you're healthy and everything in your family are fine. That is exactly what you need right now. I know there's a lot of people out there, they, they, are, they cannot work and they're struggling finance and the, in finance. I also struggled with finance a long time ago. And I, and, and I, I found a way to do it. And I remember, I'm gonna tell you a story. I didn't have a job and I have a daughter to, to put food on the table because I was for a long time single mother. And one day they fired me. And I said, oh my God, now what am I going to do? And I remember, I know how to do kilam pie. Kilam pie. And I started making kilam pie. A lot of kilam pie. And because I, I, I work for, I, I work still work for the food industry. I know a lot of people, a lot of warehouses with food. And I know the way people work in the warehouses. When you work in the warehouses, some people work long hours and they don't have no time to go and have like a little sweet. And, and I said, well, I'm gonna make kilam pies and I'm gonna go cooler with coolers, cooler by cooler. And I'm gonna see if it, they buy my, my kilam pies. 
I did, I went out three hours later, I didn't have no more key lamp pie. And they start calling me, Gloria, we want more key lamp pie. And then I start making key lamp pie and key lamp pie. And that I survived the entire month, the entire month with key lamp pie. Baking at night, every day, baking at night, going next day in the morning, 5 a.m. to sell all my key lamp pies. That's, uh, that's really good. And uh, that's, that's, that's really good. So at what point in someone's life do they say, you know what, enough is enough. Uh, I'm tired of living in the past. Time to live for now. At what point was it for you? When I was, a, when I ha- was having a lot of pain in my, in my body, because what happens is when you don't pay attention to those emotions, uh, your body, you put your body into the extreme. You didn't, you don't feel it. You just, you're so mad, you're so angry and you hate people and you hate that person who did that to you. And when you're young, you don't feel anything because your body is in good shape and your body is a new machine. It's It's a younger machine. When you start getting older, then you start having issues physical issues and then you say wow my god why i have this i didn't have this before it's because you're collecting you you're being poisoned your body for many 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 years because when you have a stress and when you have depression you create a lot of imbalance a lot of chemicals imbalance in your mind in your brain so those things are poison for your body and if you see people depressed, if people look more older, people, the skin is, the, their skins are like dry and the body is like, a, doesn't have much. And, and because you're sad, you are like this, your shoulders are like that. So you start having problems in your shoulders. Then you have, start feeling a pain in your, in, your, in your joints. And then you create IBS. In some cases, IBS is, is, is irritable bowel syndrome. And that comes from stress, from depression. Why? Because when we, are, when we have depression and anxiety, we use our nervous system big time. So that nervous system, it gets to a point that it say, you know what, that, it, it, we cannot take it anymore. We are producing a lot of chemicals and balance in here. We are so toxic in this environment. We need to hurt. We need to, we need to collapse in somewhere. So you collapse. And some people collapse in different ways, in different places. Mostly people collapse in the, in the liver, in the joints. You have fibromyalgia, IBS, uh, headaches, everything hurts. Then you wanna. Then you eat everything, and everything start uh, making a lot of problem for your stomach. And you say, "But well, I eat, I eat this broccoli before they never do anything to me." Well, honey, you know you probably are creating a lot of issues for your for your body, and your nervous system is connected to your muscles. And what happens is when when you are creating all this poison, it goes into your muscle. That's so you start having like ten, tension, tension, tension pain in your body, in your head, and all that stuff. And then you say, what is this? What's going on? And you start going to these doctors, and doctors start, uh, you know, 
give me your pills and maybe you don't have anything. It's, it's because you're producing all this in, in your body. So what happens to me, I start having a lot of issues, health issues. And I remember one day I have a big pain in my chest. I thought I was, a, I was having a heart attack. I went to the emergency, emergency room they right away, they thought I was having a heart attack. They bring the AKG, doctors and stuff, blah, 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 blah. they do everything. The, doc, the doctor came with the results and say, Gloria, I, I need to ask you a question. I just check all your AKG and all that stuff. You don't have nothing. Your, your heart is very, is very healthy. But I wanna, gonna, I wanna say something to you. Your soul is suffering so much. And when she said that to me, I said, I don't understand that. He said, she said, you have a lot of stress, a lot of depression? I said, yes. I said, I want you, Gloria, to pay attention to that because that is what causing the issues and the health issues that you have in your body right now. You're healthy. You're just your mind is provoking that and is making you to be aware that you need to make a change. And when she said that, especially in, in, in United States, that when the Medicaid, when the medicals are, when the, when the doctors are so cold and dry and the only thing they want to do is prescribe you. And this doctor say that to me, that, that was not a, a normal doctor, I would say. That was the God telling me, Gloria, you have to stop or we gonna give you a heart attack for real. And that moment I said, I'm changing. I'm changing and I start, I changed my food. I changed my habits completely. I didn't do like, oh, I'm missing this cake. Oh, I'm missing, no, I wanna do it. I'm gonna do it. And it's have to, you have to have like a mental power to do it and really want to be tired of suffering. I got tired of suffering. I said, why I need to be suffering? We came to this world to be happy. Of course, you're gonna have moments, but when you, those moments comes, you, you'll be able to deal with them more calm and more stress-free and, and understand that when that happens to you is because you're doing something that is not right. And that's why life is giving you the chance to see and to adjust that. So true. Especially what you said about the doctors in North America. I mean, they're like, bring out the prescription pad and start writing you up drugs. Um, the one thing that I really do like the analogy, the, I wouldn't say analogy. Well, it is an analogy of how you caught, how you picked out depression to be problems in the past and anxiety of issues of the future. Um, now I myself have also suffered from bouts of anxi anxious anxiety attacks once in my car, which was extremely dangerous. Yes. Um, and for myself, what I find is whenever I find that I'm anxious, I stop and I just stop and I get out in nature. What are some of the tools that you use to help identify that an anxiety attack is coming? Well, um, number one, you have to be focused in your breathing because when you know there's something, that you start feeling your heart is, is racing a little bit more than normal. 
And then you start like shaking a little bit more than normal. So you know you're getting something. So right there and there, you have to recognize, oh, I'm getting anxious. And then when you're getting anxious, I do tapping. I don't know if you know about that. Tapping is this. And, uh, and you start saying, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm going to be okay. I, I know I'm nervous. It's okay. I forgive you. I love you. And thank you. You know, and then you start breathing, breathing, because the most important thing here is the breathing. Breathing is the is the source of power for everything. So you start breathing. And when you start breathing, you are conscious already, because what happens is when you know you don't breathe, you became unconscious. And that's why your brain and your body start acting crazy because you have no control on 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 them. So the main thing is recognizing Breathing, stopping whatever you're doing. Who cares is who is in front of you. If you're driving, you stop your car right there and there and start breathing. Start breathing. And come down and say a powerful, like I'm extraordinary. I'm beautiful. I'm powerful. This is just something is happening. And recognize why that happens to you. Why you get that anxious. You was afraid. What what triggers you? So you start learning what triggers you. And those triggers come from a root. So you have to go back to the root and see why. And a lot of people that we suffer from anxiety, we stutter. I don't know if you noticed that. When we suffer from anxiety or depression, more for anxiety, you stutter. And sometimes I say, why is stutter? And it's because I'm probably anxious. So when you're anxious, you stutter. And sometimes I, I was doing it, not knowing. And my mom said to me one day, Gloria, why are you stuttering? You was not like that. And I said, yeah, you're right, mom. I probably, and then I said, oh yeah, I'm anxious. So you, you have to become your best friend of yourself, like best friend with yourself to recognize that. It's when you have your best friend, you recognize when your best friend is moody when your best friend have the days when your best friend is have a good mood when your best friend is laughing you recognize that so instead if you recognize that you have to recognize your best friend that's you so that is that's what you need to do work and work and work in yourself and love yourself and forgive yourself and say this is okay this is okay we're going to move this on. And if you have the chance, take, your, your, take your, your, your shoes off and put it into the ground and tell Mother Earth to ground you. Because when you're anxious, you're not ground. You are all over. You are like this. You're all over. So you're grounded. Stop your car. Put the kids down. Get out of the car. Put your, your socks off. Put their feet in the ground and breathe, that's all. And every thought that comes negative to you, you say, no, that's not me. That's not me because what is that is your ego. Ego wants to see you like that. So you need to work your ego and, and throw everything out of the window for you to be able to come. Kind of like the, uh, the idea of Ask yourself, can I fix this? If you can fix it, if not, 
Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You cannot be you cannot be so judgmental with yourself because you are in a process. In that process, you need to be you need to give a lot of love to you and a lot of uh, conscious and a lot of compassion. But understand and recognize, okay, I'm like this. Who cares? But I'm I'm gonna work on this to not have this a negative emotions, this sensation in my body, because people don't realize we get sick. I, I, I have already four weeks with this arm. I can't take it anymore. So Wednesday, I'm going to see the doctor because now I try all the natural stuff and nothing getting better. But now I'm going to see what's going on. But somebody told me that this is part of the journey. This is part of all the healing I'm doing. That my body tells me, Gloria, we need to pinch your nerve for you to come down. And that's what I'm doing. Now, I find it interesting. Um, somebody dealing with anxiety scuba dives. Scuba yes. diving is a very, uh, it, I've done, I've tried scuba diving and because of my anxiety, I can't do it because I get so, it's like the bubbles coming from the side of my mask comes into my ears and it really bothers me. So why do you do the scuba diving? I love it, but this is something very, 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 thank you for asking that because when I started scuba diving, I had 20 years old. So by 20 years old, 20 years old, I was not that, let's, let's say, messed up. <laughs> I was not that messed up. And I was so adventurous. I remember myself when I was 20 years old, I was so adventurous, like huge adventurous. So I died many times and I didn't have that issue about anxiety. The anxiety started, the heavy depression and the heavy anxiety starts when after the, being kidnapped and after the kidnapped. So my memories for diving it, it, it is it's so beautiful and I remember so that is so powerful that I love it so much that when I die it I don't get anxious but I get anxious if somebody is driving behind me for a long time that I get anxious I get anxious when I'm alone like alone so why like like you said I get anxious when I'm alone and I'm alone because I want to move that away from me. I don't want to feel anxious because I'm alone. So you need to confront your issues. You need to confront those issues. If you really like, for example, if you really love to dive or you really love to try to do it. You have to do it and move that away. And once you cross that, you say, oh my God, I'm freaking powerful. If I did this, I can do anything. You have to confront your fears. Because anxious is fears. Yep. It, uh, anxiousness is a lot of fear. A do lot you, of fear. Do you usually deal with your fear head on or do you just, well, obviously you do because you're in Costa Rica by yourself. Yeah. And um, how about uh, any other fears? Like, uh, on a regular basis, do you normally like to like 
grab the fear by the horns and say, let's go for a ride and see where you're going to take me? Yes. Yes. And you know what? Let me tell you, I before, remember, before I said I'm going to the jungle, going to the jungle, it was a mystery. Nobody knows where, what kind of jungle I was going because I was in fear to tell everybody I come into Costa Rica because I, I, I was in fear that maybe it's gonna, somebody's going to kidnap me. And I told Kia many times, let's not, know, let's not say anything in the show about Costa Rica, please. No, 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 no. And I was like so afraid. I even, I even feel the sensation like, no, I don't want to say it. I think maybe five days ago, I said, I'm in freaking Costa Rica because now I'm here. I don't care anymore. And you know what? I said to myself, I'm protected. Nothing is going to happen to me. And that's it. I need to confront this fear because I was not like this. I have this fear because I was kidnapped. So it's something that I need to move out. And I move it out. And I'm, I'm moving out. Like, you know, I've been... Today is my first day alone, alone, alone. And, and then I'm going to drive by myself alone. And then I'm going to be in that house alone. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm conscious already that I'm alone. There's nothing that's going to happen to me. And I remember tapping. I remember breathing. I remember meditating and ask God to protect me all the time. And that's what I'm doing. And I said, you know what? Everybody have the day that's going to die. Everybody have the things are going to happen regardless. So why have to worry about what's going to happen? So I'm done. That's why I said I'm in Costa Rica. I don't tell you exactly where I am. But I can tell you where I in the in the country because I'm not there yet. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, everything that we're talking about right now actually is labelized as something that's been stigmatized by a military military mental ailment called PTSD, post-traumatic mm -hmm. stress and uh, dis uh, disorder. I don't right. like calling it a disorder because it really, really isn't. Mm -hmm. um, do you see, at, how do you see PTSD because of the stigmatized stigmatization that it has associated with military stress? Okay, PTSD is always going to be normal for a person who goes through a very dramatic situation. But also, we cannot have the levels. We cannot say the levels of, of situations because, put it this way, if somebody is walking and they rob the, and they rob the purse, that could be way dramatic for someone like it, it could not be dramatic for someone you understand so ptsd is you have to be very careful when 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 people say i have ptsd i have ptsd and probably they have ptsd and how i recognize i do have ptsd four years ago five years ago i was at my home and my neighbor she was 25 years old and she had a three-year-old girl and she texts me and say, Gloria, my husband is coming over and he said that he's gonna come and kill me because we are fighting. And the guy belonged to a mafia. And I said, oh my God. And I got a little bit of concern, not, not in the mode of anxiety. 
I got con very concerned, like alert. And then I start walk. I, I noticed that I start walking back and forth, back and forth in my house. And I said, "Why am something is ha is happening to me?" So I opened the door of my house to see if the guy was there. And when I opened the door of my house, I see two cars coming in with a lot of guys inside in those two cars. And I closed the door. And the first thing that happens to me, I was, oh my God, oh my God, they're coming for me. They're coming for me. They're coming for me. Oh my God, they're coming for me. And I start and I call my husband and said, listen, I think I'm having a panic attack right now. Call 911. And he said, why? I can breathe. I can breathe. I can breathe. I can breathe. And you know why? They, they triggered me because she was 25 years old. I was 25 years when they kidnapped me. She was three years old and she had a daughter three years old. And when they kidnapped me, I was three years old. And when I opened that door, I saw those two cars with a lot of men in there that triggers me. So I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't control it. My body went off. Like a, you see in those, um, in those cartoons that the clock is like, the clock is like that. It, it happens to me. So when 911 came to my home, I was on the floor already like this. I couldn't, I, I, I fell in the floor because I couldn't walk anymore. Everything blocks, my arms blocks, my legs blocks, everything blocks. So PTSD is something very, is, is something that is there. It's like a bomb, like a, 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 like a, a, a timing bomb that's gonna explode anytime. But so you need to be aware also when you have those symptoms because the symptoms tell you when you're gonna have it. But you need to right there recognize that that's, that something is coming. So PTSD is, for me, if you have a dramatic, if you see somebody, if you see people, if you see that they kill somebody, if you see a big accident, and they cannot me like me, or you be in a war, of course, you're going to have PTSD because there's some, there are memories that are stuck in your mind, remembering everything, like the way they killed those people or the way the war was in, or in my case, they cannot. I always, I, is there something that has never gone away? I remember exactly the way they kidnapped me, the way they put me in the trunk of that car, the way they, I remember every single thing like that happens today. So this is a memory that's never gonna go away. Emotions can be better, but the image is never gonna go away. How do you deal with something like that on a daily basis? Oh, I've been working this for a long time. That happens 23 years ago. So it's been a long process, a long process. And as a result of that process, I've been having a lot of issues of insecurity issues, self-esteem issues. Sometimes, not now, not now, because I'm just declaring that that's not going to be part of my life. I got had a depression in my life. I got some depressions, heavy depressions that I don't want to get up from the bed. And I said, no more. I need to leave. I need to leave. That happens to me for a reason. And that's why I create my podcast. And since I create my post, my podcast, I'm feeling better because I'd be able to talk about it, 
I'd be able to help other people and also to hear all the stories about other people that also help me to empower myself because I do my podcast mostly for myself because I need to hear that. Like I need to hear other people's uh, problems that to, to not feel alone in the island that you think sometimes that you are like, oh, this happened to me, only to me, and that's why I feel this way. No, when I hear other people's problems, it makes me feel better. And, and, and I calibrate that way. But also the kidnap, it also teach me that it's another chance of life. That I can, if God give me another chance of life, it's because I meant to do something big in this life, in this world. And that's what I'm doing. So that memory is empower me that Gloria, if you already pass a kidnap and you're still going, never take a pill for depression, never take a pill for anxiety. I love, I leave my emotions grow through my through my body. I love them to rec I not love, but I let them to recognize, you know, I, I got used and learned to recognize them to learn more about myself and to be the powerful human being to be able to to conquer this life and help other people that have another different issues, maybe not not maybe that stronger than mine, but I don't want to say it like, oh, other issues is, is less than mine. No, every single person, the issues are same level. But when you hear somebody that have a major issue, have a major trauma, then you calibrate and you say, wow, if this person did this, I can do it. If she moved this away, if she's Keep going, keep going. Wow. And I'm an entrepreneur. I have, I have a, a produce company with my husband that I create with him. And I've been successful since then, even with all these issues. I have my days, of course. But um, I love to work. And, and I just focus on that. And I, this 23 years that I've been in the States, I've been working hard that I'm 48 years and I can say that I'm, I'm almost semi-retired in my life. And, and it's because I don't let that depression and don't let that anxiety to pull me down that help me to move on in life and, and pursue everything that I want. That's very, very, very powerful. Very powerful. So you obviously see a light at the end of the tunnel for this. Yes all the time. I always, I have like a business mind and everything and every moment I always see an opportunity. I always ask, always ask questions. I always go the extra mile of everything I do. When I was working for somebody, I always, I always working, never complaining about the work. If I have to stay late, I always stay late and I always thinking this, this is temporary, this is temporary, this is temporary because I was, and I didn't know what was going to be my golden, uh, I always say the golden door that was going to open to me. I never was focused on that. I was focused always in the present because I know when you walk, you know people, and when you walk and you know people, doors start to open until somebody loves you so much or like you so much, they said, 
come here, Gloria, we're going to do this. Or come here, Gloria, create this because we need you. And that happens to me many, many times. I had before, I have two companies my, on my own. And then I close them because the company lose their account. So if they lose their account, I lose my account. So I close the company. But I never like, oh my God, I closed this company. What am I going to do? Okay, I open another one. If I close one, I open another one. And then I sit down and said, okay, what am I going to do next? Like I said to you, oh, Kilampai, because this is temporary. I'm not going to be selling Kilampai the rest of my life. This is temporary because I need to make money. I need to continue. I went one day, my car uh, did it, it broke. I didn't have money in the bank. I just have a job but I didn't have money in the back to go buy a car. I went to the dealer. I said to the guy, I need a car to go to work. I'm a single mother. The only thing I have for sure is a job, but I don't have money to, to give you right now to buy a car. And the guy looked at me like, wow. And, and he said, how do you think I'm gonna give you a car without you having, um, having money? I said, yes, you're gonna give me that car because I have a job. It does what it, that's what it, that's what it, it that's what the most important thing. And I want this car and this car, but this car is too expensive. Yes, I know it's expensive, but I can afford it because I have a job. I don't have the money, but I have a job. So the guy, and I said, I can write you at $500 right now, but I, you cannot deposit that check because I don't have the money in the bank. I have the money in the bank for two weeks. And he said, okay. By the end of the set, signing, because you know when you buy a car, you, you, you make like a, a hundred signatures before you, they give you the key. The guy said to me at the end, you know what, you know what Gloria, you, you blew me out the way you came today and that's why I'm giving you the car. Because my mother was a single mother and my mom raised my brother and me. And, I re and when you, you told me that, I remember that. And I was, remember that giving you back, like I was giving back that because the universe. And he also said, and if you don't have the $500 in two weeks, call me and I will stand that another two weeks. I said, don't worry. I said to you in two weeks, Two weeks you're gonna have the check and if i have it before i will call you before the two weeks i called the guy and he was laughing he said gloria i can't believe this i said yes my my word is power and is gold and everything goes through my mouth have to it, it needs to be the way i say it and that's what i make I, and that's what i make things happen that's amazing that is amazing uh, we are going to kind of switch gears a little bit. Yes, let's do it. Um, <clears throat> sorry. I need more water too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're saying that you use tapping a lot. And I understand the importance of using touch for healing people. Because before this whole COVID, uh, whatever you want to call it, um, a lot of the stuff that I was doing, I would have to actually test people physically, grab their joints and manipulate them. And I was also learning um, uh, acupressure, which mm -hmm. is, which coincidentally, I was, I was reading a book called Touch for Health. Uh, what do, how do you see the importance of 
using touch as a healing method? Well, as a massage therapy, as a, as a certified massage therapy, the touch is number one in your life. Because when you're born, the first thing that they do is put with your mother and what your mother do, touch you. And when you're crying, when you're a baby, you, when you cry, how your mother uh, put you down to sleep, touching you. And, and, and what the babies love the most, the mother caring, caring the baby. So something that come from the mother, come from when we are little and, and everybody, very few people, I probably will say, I know, or I don't know that they, they don't like to be touched on the head. Everybody loves to be touched on their head, right? And it's because our mothers touch us many, many times when we was babies. And the mom hug you, kiss you, and everything. And when you start growing up, those things disappear. But the touch is very important because you're connecting your energy with the other person. And when you're like, for, for example, when you're down, what exactly are you looking for? Somebody to hug you or somebody to kiss you, to kiss you, to hug you, to touch you, your hair, give you a little massage. It, that's the most, the primary, the primary, primary thing for people for healing, the touch. And tapping and is super, 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 super for me. It works for me, big time. And I receive a lot of massages, a lot. I give myself, that's like, a, that's part of my budget. So it's not like, oh my God, you have a lot of money and that's why you do a massage. No, I put that in my budget. Everybody, everybody has a budget and I do have a budget. So instead for me to buy three, four pieces of clothing that mostly women do, I don't buy that. I just buy, I just take care of myself. and reserve a little bit of money every week to receive a massage because I know how important it is to have a touch, especially when you have a lot of depression, especially when you have a lot of anxiety. I know a lot of people when they are depressed, they don't like to be the, the touch. They don't like to, they like to be enclosed. I understand that, but also to come out from that depression is also very good to receive the touch the you know the person next to you hugging you listen to you putting your arm around just the touch so that is very important it's interesting that you said um, people with depression don't like to be touched because it clicked something inside of me and when i was in my depression and i still fight it i mean i don't think anybody who's who's alive, doesn't go through about a depression. Right. Um, I personally don't like to be touched. I don't because of the hurt that actually came with that touch. Wow. So for me to get up, whenever I hear people say get a massage, I'm like, yeah, that's great. Like I'm just, completely cold with it how can how what how can you change something like that well number one you have to to find a, a massage therapy that you can trust because a lot of people have a different people think that oh, i'm gonna get a massage and people don't realize that you just 
having a relationship with somebody that you don't know. You're going to start having a relationship with somebody that you don't know. That is your energy, the touch of the the energy of that person. You don't know the thoughts of that person. You don't know what that person is going through. So that person also can transfer to you a lot of things too. And people don't realize that. So number one for you in your case, that people don't like to be touched. You need to have a relationship with a massage therapy means you need to know the massage therapy. You need to know if that massage therapy is just touching you like this, or if this massage therapy really wants to help to heal people because there are some different uh, massage therapy that dedicate to different techniques. And some techniques are good for some people and some te techniques doesn't work for other people. In my case, for example, I love very deep tissue massage and it's weird because I'm very small petite and I'd always like men to give me massage because women, I like women when they give me massage when I need feminine energy, but when I need to work in my muscles and my pain in my body, I need a man to, to go like that. And I, and, and I see men sweating, giving a massage and they're like, this doesn't hurt you? No, but because I feel relief after that. So in your case, you need to find someone that maybe focus in, in, in a massage that is gonna heal you and that you, you can trust her because your, 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 your problem is maybe you don't trust the touch because you said that it's connected to something that happens to you. So you need to block that. You need to remove that to be able to transform, to try to transcend and, and, and take that away. Once you move that away, a lot of things are going to start, good things are going to start happening to you because you just break one of the walls that don't let you to grow or, or you're, missing, you're missing the healing of the touching and maybe that's what you need. The touching is your healing. Because you are, no, I don't like to be touched. But why? It's the first thing that your mother did to you. Touch you, hug you. So why are you just blocking that? So for me, my husband was like that. My husband, he didn't want to be touched for anybody. And I said, let me massage you. And, and when I massage him, he said, oh my God, I love this. And now my husband is also going uh, receiving massage once a week because he have a lot of pain in his body too and he said he feel amazing but he was not a, a type of guy he will receive a massage no way jose so probably that's your message that maybe you need to allow the touch in your in your life yeah yeah i need to allow a lot of stuff in my life <laughs> Because when you when you're gonna have your your other half, the other half is gonna touch you. So you have to be able to let that other half to touch you the way she wanna touch you. And I remember one time I have somebody that I was in a relationship. He he don't like me to touch. And I said, how you think I, how you think this is gonna work? I don't like to be touched. I said, well, you know what? I can be with somebody I cannot touch. And that's why we finish, because he don't let me touch him. How you can be in a relationship where you cannot touch your partner? Yeah, exactly. That that's uh, 
that that's a different level of trust. But um, how does Reiki help? Reiki. Reiki. I'm sorry. Reiki. How does that differ from massage therapy? And what are some of the benefits of Reiki? Okay, Reiki is is like you calibrate your chakras. We have seven chakras, and you know the chakras. It, sometimes people take away from you the energy. So if you have issues in some of the chakras, sure you have a, a disbalance in your chakras. So what I do every day, I bless my chakras every day in the cha- in the shower. I love to bless my chakras in the shower because also the water, the water is is powerful. The water is is life too. So in the morning, it's very simple. You just while you're taking your shower, you 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 make a movement in your in your chakras around like a clock around you, and then you said I bless you, and then you feel your energy, and then you just like uh, clean your energy out, and then you throw it into your universe, and and it's like a, it's it's like a it's like a another routine that you do for your life and it's very simple it's very simple it's not like oh you need to be some way to do this it's just you need to know how to do it and then you do it because I believe that the way to heal yes you need to be you need to be you need to be guided to learn but after you learn you need to do it by yourself so I believe more in the healing of yourself because nobody's gonna, nobody knows exactly the way you want to heal. For example, I was for eight years with, um, with a therapist, with a psychologist. Yes, she helped me in some part, but I didn't see that she helped me that much. And so in my case, I don't believe in that. There's some people, there's some people, it work, those things work for some people. In my case, no, not really, because she didn't understand the way my feelings was. Yeah, she was sitting down, maybe she studied a lot about it. But when you are a person that you study, but you never suffer from anything, how you want, how you will understand another, another person? Like, for example, I can talk to you very easy about depression, and I can talk to you very easy the way you feel. And I will understand you much better because I know the feeling. And I can tell you, oh, I had that. I did this. Oh, oh, I, I you what you are, you are anxiety. Oh, I had that and I did this. And you say, oh, okay. And you follow. And Reiki, when you when you do Reiki, it's just energy. We are energy. And when your energy is down. You have anxiety, you are depressed, you don't want to do nothing, and everything goes wrong. And, and put it this way, when you are depressed, everything goes wrong. Everything goes wrong, you don't like your job, you have problems in your relationship, you have problems with your friends, you have you have problems focusing, you have problems creating, you don't want to do anything. And yes, you 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 keep working, you keep doing stuff, but you're not happy, you're not, you're not trio, you're not passion about anything so how what that energy was going to take you to more miserable moment so it takes like a lot of work with the energies to clean your energies out to be up in balance 
uh, affirmations in the morning, when you wake up in the morning, not grab the phone and give that space for you. If you have to work, it has to be at work at eight o'clock and you have to wake up at seven, get the routine to wake up at five, five thirty, six. give that space and time for you. And let me tell you, a lot of things start changing, but you have to want to do it. Nobody's going to change you. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Uh, again, we're going to switch gears and we're going to be talking about your podcast and Hot Topics yes. Live, which is one of my favorite lives that I watch <laughs> on Facebook. So uh, you actually brought up something um, quite interesting and I wanted to touch up on it because I actually do find it like therapy. Podcasts is like the best therapy that there is. Um, and it gives podcasters like gifts like crazy your last podcast with baby uh she was a remarkable young lady and she's done some very interesting stuff and she has some very amazing gifts what was your biggest takeaway from that conversation Oh, there was something that she makes me think very deep. And let me tell you, I, I, I shipped that day with that conversation after we finished. You know what it was? She said, nobody cares about your issues. I don't need to, and nobody needs to know. I don't need to understand your issues. You need to, you need to understand your own issues. I'm here to be kind with you, to understand you, but I don't need to be, I don't need to understand it. But I, she said, I don't need to understand it, but you need, I can be kind, but I don't need to understand it because I would not understand it. And that shipped me and I said, wow, she's right. She's right. And I love that part. And I said in the private, I said, wow, I like what you, you, you shipped me. You just, just changed me when you said that. That it's you, it's you, it's you. And we never gonna, you know, finish talking about that. It's you and you and only you who can, can change your world. You're, you, you, only you can put your, your walls down. Only you can be feel better, only you. And um, I love that conversation with her when she said that. Who cares about your problems? Again, so true. And it was a great podcast. I love listening to it. Um, I highly recommend everybody go and we will post all your links with the show notes so they can go back and listen to it. Um, your last one with in, in Hot Topics was also very 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 deep with d-dove um yeah that one was super yeah super 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 deep to be honest with you i'm never a fan of people who can take uh, rap, uh any form of musician not just rappers but uh hip-hop artists heavy metal whatever i'm not a fan of people who take their lyrics and interpret it for themselves but when listening to D-Dove, I'm like, wow, I was just completely blown away by like his level of deep. Uh, 
what was your biggest takeaway with this one? Let me tell you, uh, when he was talking about all these rappers and especially about Beyonce, and, and then he talked, no, Beyonce, no, what is it, the husband of Beyonce? Um, JC, I think it was, one of those rappers. And he was talking about the lyrics and talking about the way the sex, they talk about the sex in those lyrics and stuff. I was very, in the beginning, very skeptical because, oh no, that's the way they talk. They insinuate a lot of sex, like a dirty stuff, and then listen to him. And then then I went back to listen to the, lyr- the lyrics. And I said, wow, this makes sense. And in, and in, in private, I asked him, Dido, I, why I why I think there's some of the lyrics is like a worship of the devil. And he said, oh my God, Gloria, thank you for asking me that. A lot of people have different concepts of that. And it's the, the, he said, the devil is, is in the, it's an invention of the mind and heaven is in the invention of the mind. And I was like, what? And he said, yeah. And to me, the intake for that interview is like, you cannot judge people for what they're saying if you not really know uh, uh, exactly what they're saying or really you don't know who is the person. But also at the same time, they media, they, they fill you with a lot of stuff that make you confused. So to me, it was very deep, but also it was like, a, hmm, this is interesting. I never see the music and the lyrics in this way. And the way he say it was like, wow. Yeah, it's, um, it's interesting when you start to listen to the lyrics and what the song, what the artist is trying to tell you. And I've been trained from my dad when I was a kid, never listen to uh, the rhythms, never listen to the beats, never listen to this, understand what the artist is trying to tell you. So every time I listen to music, I'm listen, trying to fi- figure out what is this artist trying to tell me? Do you think that something like a very, uh, do you think that they are trying to hide some, something in something, uh, sinister behind some of them i i don't know because i'm more into the rhythms the rhythms and the way the music sound i'm more into that the lyrics i'm a little bit concerned because i don't know exactly the person like deep down to see if there are those uh letters are right with the right intention because a lot of words, a lot of sentence, you can write it. And that could be a, in a good intention and a bad intention. So I really don't know that part. And that makes me a little bit un, uneven to trust, I would say, maybe the lyrics, what they say. I'm not into that that much, but I'm more into the music and the, the way the music sound, the waves and stuff. I love that. And when I hear like some songs, like for example, there's a there's an artist from Colombia that she started like like a boom and her lyrics was beautiful and stuff. And she in the last album that she did, 
she in her video it was a, a a cross from Jesus Christ I'm not a religious but it was a cross of Jesus Christ like a upside upside down and the energy of the or in the energy of the video and the energy of the lyrics and the also the energy of her change and I said oh I don't like her anymore so that is it concerns me a little bit about about the lyrics about what the what the uh, artists want to say in those lyrics I don't know if the lyrics are, are being manipulated or really, really the uh, the singer write the song they wanted to wanted to say it because a lot of artists they have a, a writers to write the song and they said okay here's the song here take it and and sing it very there's not too many like they write the songs and actually uh, sing it very I would say very few uh, among uh, all the artists are there so there's a lot of recycle. I will say there's a lot of recycle. So I'm a little concerned about that, but I don't, I'm really not into that too much. Like I said, I'm more into the rim is the, the energy of this, of the music. I love the music, not, not more the words. So that's what I have that about what you just asked. No. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, I'm, I'm always about the lyrics. I'm always about the lyrics. I listen to what you are telling me. If what you are telling me doesn't. And because coming again, coming from a Greek background, the fifties and sixties, Greek music, there's, uh, there's some of the, the airy fairy kind of songs. And then we have some like really deep songs that like, if you pay attention, you're, you'll be like dazed and how, it's still effective today, but uh, yeah, the reason why I'm sticking on this subject is because song actually does, like you said, it is, it has a vibration and a wave pattern that can manipulate our, uh, our emotions to either excel or be depressed. Totally. So trying to be able to understand that it's epic. Sometimes I go in the car and like, oh, when I'm like, sometimes when you are like, mm, like those days, like you are mm, and between there, like good and bad, like, eh. and you hear a, a song in, in the radio and you hear that song is like, uh, put you down, me, I change, ooh, I change it. Ooh, I don't wanna cry today. Oh, this song suck. Like, and then like, when I feel that way, I like songs more like, I they put me up, like, like, you know, I can dance, I can move. There's some songs, and, <laughs> and I remember when I, I, I lost a boyfriend a long time ago, that was like when I was young, more younger, that you, you you break up with a boyfriend and the, the first thing you do is that go put a song that makes you cry more and, and like uh, songs that make you think that he left you with another one or he left you because he don't love you. So you, when you are like that, that happens when I was young. I was looking into the song that it's gonna make me cry more because I'm so bad, I'm so stressed, I'm so sad for this breakup. 
it is funny because I remember that and I said, oh my God, I was so stupid, but I was so young to, to, to do that kind of stuff. But now I'm more aware, like when I listen to something, to some songs and, and I say, oh, what is this? Boom, I change it right away. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I listen to a song that I love and then one day I just hate it and the next Me day too. I love it again. It's, yes, yes. And we're going to be wrapping up the show in just a little bit. And I ask all my guests these six or seven questions uh, just to get their insight on their perspective on where we're, st where we're standing. With the increase in people and in suffering from depression from the lockdown, what would be the one thing that you could tell them to keep their hopes up? Uh, to keep living and, 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 and be happy every day when they open the eyes in the morning and think the only thing that you have is just the, the blessing of being alive. And this is just a moment of life that is hard, that you need to learn from it and, and, and keep going. That remember everything in life is temporary. We're not gonna have a pandemic forever. So this is just a moment that we have to go through and there's some lessons there to learn and be aware of what is this, the, what is this teaching you at this moment on this time of in life. That's awesome. That's very awesome. Uh, where do you see Unbreakable Life with Glory and Hot Topics Live in the next five years? Well, I see Hot Topics uh, going to the next level, uh, being a, a live podcast number one. And Unbreakable Life with Glory is going to be the podcast number one, a, the pioneer podcast that starts talking about depression and anxiety. And it's also going to be number one because I, I, I'm, I'm, I like to be a pioneer. I always appear a pioneer. And this is not going to be deception. <laughs> awesome. Uh, how about you personally? Where do you see yourself in the next five years? In five years, I'm gonna live here in Costa Rica. I gonna I'm gonna be living here in Costa Rica. I gonna have a house, a, where I'm gonna receive people that need help for depression and anxiety, and it's gonna be a house where there's gonna ha happen a lot of miracles for people to feel better when they go back to their places. They're gonna feel amazing. So, that is my 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 goal. Uh, if you could pick up the phone and call yourself at 20 years old, what would you tell yourself? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid what life is giving uh, give you because everything what life is give you, you can handle because life don't give you something that you don't handle. So don't be afraid. Keep going and don't marry many times. <laughs> 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 uh, looking back would you change anything nothing that's the way it is is the way it is I would not change anything not even my father not even my father or my mother I love them and uh, that's why the woman I am today and I have huge masters 
And it's like a, when you go to a very good university, you became a very good professional. So when you have very good masters, you became a, a very successful master because always you, you are, you're always going to be superior of the masters that you have. So I don't change anything. And I'm so blessed to have all those masters that I have, even the kinapples. My kinapples were one of the biggest masters in my life. And I superate that and I'm going to be a master of life. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, what scares you? Hmm. Before it scares me to be alone, but now uh, I'm facing that. So I would say I'm working on that. I don't care about anything right now. If I, you asked me that maybe 15 days before, I would say fear about being alone, but not anymore. Not anymore. Maybe to fear to be, to be sick. No, because if you, if you're sick it's for a reason. So no, I'm not afraid for anything. Cool. Cool. Uh, where can people find more about you? They can find me in Spotify and iTunes on Break Up Life with Glory. And also they can find me in my Facebook, Gloria Goldberg. And I have a live show there. This is the bilingual show, The Gloria, that I talk on Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern time. And also Fridays, 2 p.m. Eastern time. And Wednesday in the bilingual show, The Gloria, I talk more with more professional people that are more into inclined to help people that they have like uh, their coaches, doctors, therapists. And Fridays is more like everybody because for me, everybody have a beautiful story that I can learn from it. So there you can find me in my, in my, in my, in my page, Facebook, Gloria Goldberg, and also in my Instagram that I post my day by day, my inspiration, everything I go through and Gloria Gold 1111 in my Instagram and that's it. Awesome. And for everybody out there listening or, and watching, because we are on YouTube and Rumble right now, okay. uh, we are going to post all your links so everybody has easy access to get a, get a hold of you and start following you. Okay. Uh, awesome. any, yeah, any final thoughts? Any final thoughts? Yes. I. The only thing I want, I wish for everybody that suffers from depression or anxiety or PTSD to see these issues as a normal issues that we all have. Sometimes we have it in a scale, a bigger scale, and sometimes we have it in a small scale, but everything is possible in life. There's always a light at the end of the tunnel. And if I do it, you can do it. And there's nothing wrong to have depression. Remember, depression is because you are swimming in the past and anxiety is because you are swimming in the future. So you have to maybe be more in the present. That's the best medicine that you can have. Gloria, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, you are a very strong, very powerful lady. Um, I'm inspired just by your story and your struggles and your strength to just 
pick up and leave and start afresh in a new country just shows a next the next level of strength for you so i'm very grateful for you um again you're an inspiration to to me and to a lot of people that are going to be listening to this show i have no doubt about that so thank you so much well, thank you so much, Joan, for inviting me to your show. And I hope um, all my story help other people that listen to you and follow you because you are a wonderful person, wonderful human being. I've been watching you, how you've been growing in the way, your dedication to help people. And we are in alignment and that's why you invite me today. So that means you are going into transformation, your own transformation in your path, and you're doing a big mission that is also helping other people too. And thank you for that too. And thank you for inviting me to your wonderful and beautiful show tonight. Thank you. Thank you for that. Going through hard times is just a test. What you need to understand, what you need to know is that when you get out of whatever you're going through, you will be stronger than ever before, and you don't need to go through it alone. Always know that you are not alone. Stay tuned for more real people with amazing stories that are just like yours. Until then, to everyone out there listening, I wish you a good morning, good afternoon, or a good night wherever you may be in this crazy world. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share this with your friends and family members. If you know of someone who is suffering from depression, please share this with them as well as it may help them realize that there is help out there and that they are not alone. Also, please be so kind and give us a five-star rating on wherever you may be listening and some comments as your feedback is highly appreciated. Thank you again for supporting our mission to speak out and find solutions about men's mental health issues and stay tuned for more amazing stories from real people that are just like you.